Hello and welcome to the Album of the Week Club. Each week we take a look at a legendary album through the lens of three people with different levels of musical knowledge. Does listening to and analysing albums make us appreciate them more and will it open our eyes to a whole new world of music? Well, let's meet our hosts. I'm Martin McDonnell and our resident expert in classic rock, alternative and indie music. Basically all of the stuff with guitars in them. I'm also a former music journalist who owns over 500 albums on vinyl, so I might just be qualified for this task. Following Snap at my heels is Harry Heath, direct from Sweden as always. Harry is a big indie head with more eclectic taste than myself and will hopefully keep me up to date with anything released this century. How are we, Harry? Yeah, kind of regretting um, my stance on wanting a newer album. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens with White. And in the darkened corner of the room is a man who thought he'd seen the Manic Street Preachers live. It later emerged there was just street pastors. A man who thought NSYNC was a state-of-the-art video editing software. He's our resident musical dunce. It's David Wiley. Hello, David. Hello. Hello. How are we? I only know that NSYNC's a band from The Simpsons. <laughs> I, every, every time they have Millhouse just pops up and he's like, it's NSYNC. Word. Yeah. That's very much. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's... Oh, dear. Um, yeah. Apart so, from that, no idea what <laughs> Manic Street Preachers are anything. Uh, and presumably they're both bands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Manic Street Preachers are um, the 90s rock bands. They've banded into the Britpop bracket. I won't go into too much detail about them right now. They're like in your top five, aren't they? They are definitely in my like top five bands, yeah. So, uh, as I say, um, we don't want to be talking about the Man of Street Preachers too much because we will never go home. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we're covering... Um, what about what about NSYNC? NSYNC? Like, where do they, they fall in my... Well, I can't say they do. In your top five? Not in the top five? Not in the top five. Um, I can only name like one NSYNC song. <laughs> Maybe two. Um, Probably for the best. Yeah, like, was Bye 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 by them? I was getting confused with Backstreet Boys. You're um, asking the wrong person. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, should we just move on? Harry, swiftly? tell us about NSYNC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel that's the uh, response. I mean, I, I think there. I might rather talk about NSYNC than Coldplay, but we'll see. Ooh. Uh, so, yeah. Good job to do here, Wiley. Yeah, we have. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we are covering Parachutes by Coldplay today. I'm guessing everyone's done their homework and had a wee little lesson. Yeah. Did it turn out you'd actually knew who Coldplay was, Wiley? Or how they totally escaped you? Oh, well, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, we've, I've heard of Coldplay. So that's a star. That's, in, that's... in last episode, I, I got mixed up. I suggested that, I suggested, I was, I, I asked if they were the ones who's Bittersweet Symphony. Turns out oh, I yeah. was getting Bittersweet Symphony and the song Clocks mixed up. Because we, uh, in year eight, I think, uh, to our American listeners, that's eighth grade. <laughs> Is it? Uh, but we, I think so. Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, so, if you have kindergarten and then first grade, whereas we have reception and then year one. But 
They don't have 11th grade. Uh, I think they do. Oh, no, they have, they go up to grade and then you become a high school student and you've got uh, seniors and sophomores and junior or something. I don't know. I think it's just anyway, easier yeah, to say like, that anyway, while he was about 12 years old. Yeah. yeah, 12 to 13 years old. There we go. Isn't that, yeah. Yeah. It was a music. We had, we actually, we had music class in school. Like you spent an hour a week doing music, even if you hated it. Uh, and we studied both those songs in the same class, which is why I'm getting them mixed up. <laughs> That's a long, say, long story to explain something that most people have forgotten about from the previous yeah. episode. <laughs> so it was part of your school's curriculum. So yeah, Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have black eyed peas, so not much better. Yeah. Really it turned out that the song clock wasn't even on this album, so... <laughs> Uh, I can't remember much about my school music lessons. I remember like learning how to play like "Stand by Me" on pe- like the piano, and that was about it. Um, most of most of the time, we were just like oh, we told, did, uh, go and sit on a, you know, we we're just like told go and sit on a computer and fuck around with uh, Fruity Loops, which is like a um, Fruity Loops. I mean, it was like a digital audio software with like loads of samples built in, and you just like create weird shit using those samples. Um, what was the average number of times during a lesson that a student would press the DJ button on the keyboard? <laughs> I mean, that that's stuff of folklore, really, isn't it? The DJ button. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it actually, it, it did happen, though. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, I mean, you know, so, much, never happened. so much folklore that I mean, the Claxons actually made a song under us, made a DJ. Which is still like the laziest song ever written, but that, that classic really? song, which is just the DJ sound of a Casio keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> like they just literally got two samples of a Casio keyboard and that was it. <laughs> um, it's the laziest song ever known. Yeah. And it won uh, the, 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 other, the other favourite, of course, was Dictionary. Um, so what, really? Coldplay is the band we're covering today and... Uh, Although it might seem like it nowadays, they are, are not the boy bands. What? They're a girl band? <laughs> they all got sex changes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I, I, they... I could have sworn they were all male, but... <laughs> is, 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 there, is there a mix, or does the term boy band very specifically refer to a pop group? Which Coldplay is not. Yeah. Is that or what specifically it's more Explain about yourself, manu- Martin. Boy bands <laughs> are more music. about manufactured pop that appeals to um, girls certain, like, between the age of like 10 to 14. I see. Um, whereas, I mean, Coldplay, while it might seem like they're engineered nowadays, um, you know, they started organically enough. But... I mean, it's it's a weird band to cover um, because, I mean, like in the circles that me and Harry kind of go in musically, like Coldplay is about as unhip as it gets. Yeah, we're kind of... It's a bit of a dirty word. Yeah. Um, You know, they're considered a very... I thought thought that was carried by Nickelback, but... Yeah, kind of in the they same are like the nickelback of the indie scene, I suppose. They're more like 
okay. for Banda went from indie to full on pop in the yeah. most like, mainstream sort of fashion ever. Yeah. I mean, um, like they'll have Vianna on a new album and the hot feature artists of the day. I mean, um, they're just sort of seen as the bands that you could imagine David Cameron. I really like Coldplay, you know, in an interview in order to stay relevant, <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, David you know he did the sort that. Of guy who might go, yeah, no, I really like Bittersweet Symphony. Very <laughs> <laughs> oh, good thing Wiley's not a politician. <laughs> I would be an awful either an awful or a brilliant one depending on how you look at it <laughs> uh, um yeah yeah no I, so, I completely understand what you're saying i i just associate coldplay with all kinds of bland like mm. for me that's the, 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 the sort of band who writes purposely to get an emotional response out of people if that makes sense it's all so cynical at least in their sort of later Thank material. Um, yeah, there's no, nothing wrong kind with of having for the audience. You know, there's nothing wrong about writing emotional music if it comes from somewhere. You really just feel like by this point they're just autopiloting songs that they know are going to make middle-aged mothers weep. What do you think of the band title? Sure, Coldplay. Um, sort of really kind of fits the music. Like, who are you talking it? to? <laughs> Evil one, yeah. That's it. They had some um, interesting it's, early band names. It's a good yeah. name as any. They were called Pectorals for a while. They used to be called Pectorals, yeah, and Starfish. And then Limp Bizkit ruined the word Starfish for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we might need to that talk to get a lot of mileage. Yeah, uh, Limp Bizkit released an <laughs> album. What the full name of it was? Something in the Chocolate Starfish. Uh, back in like 2001. Um, it was like a bit like the whole Link 182 used to really like have joke titles for their albums. So they had like uh, Take Off Your Shirt and Jacket. Yeah. Um, you know, it's supposed to be a masturbation joke um, and enema of the state. Um, Link Biscuit just kind of did this faux uh, concept album um, with like this kind of character called chocolate starfish and um this is why we have to tag these podcasts as explicit by the way um chocolate starfish um it's sort of like a jokey term for um back passage anus yeah um i think that's what's cancelled now (laughs) (laughs) but uh yes we mentioned the how dare we use the term (laughs) Yeah. Um, hi, Nan. Speaking of anuses, Martin, tell us about Coldplay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Coldplay formed in 1996. Uh, the members met at University College in London uh, with the backing of then-manager and now fifth member, Phil Harvey. Uh, the band slowly built up a following with the Safety EP, which was released in 1998. Uh, that got the attention of EMI slash Parlophone Records, and the Blue EP arrived in 1999. Uh, brought the band a bit of wider attention, but the EP itself wasn't widely released. More um, copies went to reviewers as opposed to fans. Uh, Power Shoots, the album, debuted at number one in the charts. 
um, and followed on the back of the success of the singles Shiver, Yellow and Trouble. As of 2011, the album has sold 8.5 million copies worldwide. Um, and while the band might be considered unhip now, and they're kind of, especially among the kind of hipster uh, music magazines like the Enemy, you know, fair, fair play for kicking down. Uh, at the time of the release, the Enemy actually gave the album 9 out of 10. What? That sounds so weird out of yeah, when you read. think about like the kicking they also, get from the enemy nowadays, um, I, I I know from your screen share that enemy is uh, like an acronym, but it just sounds like you're saying the enemy <laughs> in their foes, <laughs> enemy of the state. Uh, new, it's like oh yeah, their enemies gave them nine out of ten. <laughs> yeah, the uh, enemy for idiots like Wiley uh, stands for the new musical space. Thank you. Um, I, f- I feel like we should just crack on with this because um, I'm getting some vibes, let's put it that way, from all of us about this album. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get, I get the impression how he likes it. <laughs> so um, I think without further ado, we'll just kick on with Don't Panic. <laughs> Sinking like stones, all that we fall for. Homes, places we've grown, all of us are done for. So that was Don't Panic. Uh, should we go to Harry first? Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I actually kind of got that song stuck in my head earlier. It's like kind of annoying in that way. Like um, it's pretty bland and mediocre, but at the same time, it's got this pop sensibility, which is kind of hard to shake off. Yeah. That's kind of why they're pretty mainstream, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's so... Um, yeah, it feels like indie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It feels a lot more indie than... I kind of maybe think about Coldplay in my head. Um, it's probably shaped more by their later stuff, you know, like the collaborations with uh, Rihanna and things like that. Um, wow. It definitely feels like an indie album. Um, you know, um, as I say, it, it, it's an all right song, actually. Um, it's, it's nothing special, um, even lyrically or musically, but there's little bits in it that I quite like, you know, I quite like the little kind of guitar line that kind of runs through it, if you get what I mean. It's almost like the guitar yeah, line's playing out. Yeah, phasery kind of guitar. Yeah, it's almost like it's playing a drone. Um, yeah, you know. it's got like this sort of hypnotic rhythm to it too. Yeah. Um, it's kind of kind of earwormy in that way. Yeah. As I say, it's, it's a perfectly nice opener. It sets the scene. You know, you know you're going to get, you know, slowish yeah. sort of... Uh, songs, you know, that kind of have a bit of, um, you know, sadness, if you want to call it that on them. Yeah, like a quality aspect of them. I was and, just going to yeah. say in my notes, I actually made notes for this one. I, I used the <gasps> phrase melancholic <laughs> when I was describing this song. Yeah. I mean, uh, I also said dull, but <laughs> having given a couple of listens back to it, I'm going to, I would try that 
Uh, I think I think this song is perfectly fine. My biggest issue with it is that we've spent quite a few weeks now listening to some really out there music, and this is horrifically normal. Yeah, this for, is want of, for want of a better word, and yeah, my own my own personal feeling is that I hold that against it, and I don't yeah. think that's fair to Coldplay, to be honest. Um, I mean, um, yeah, it's 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 middle of the road. <laughs> I, yeah, I think we've broken. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, <laughs> things it's, happened. I I slightly dodged them for not trying to do anything special, but maybe that's what the, maybe maybe this was special back in two thousand. <laughs> I think there's a there's a sort of cyclical nature with all kinds of art where you have yeah you have your normal moment and then you sort of become modern. Yeah. And then you get postmodern, but then it, it sort of goes back again, and people start doing the normal stuff. Yeah, just with you know new technology. I mean, I suppose, I suppose to place it in its time, this is post Britpop. So web it, uh, Britpop um, was sort of big, um, excessive. Um, you know, lots of alcohol, lots of cocaine. Um, you know, a lot of the big I am kind of attitude you know especially like oasis you know and then those brick pop bands were just releasing worse and worse albums and the bubble sort of burst and then coldplay and travis and bands like that sort of emerged um a lot of them sort of pick especially this coldplay album and um maybe like even early muse as well were all kind of banded into this um sort of radio head um, descendant kind of bracket yeah, that's uh, true. where they were sort of copying some of the more downbeat and paranoid feelings that were coming out on uh, the album OK Computer. Radiohead actually released Kid A roughly around this time, which was more electric, um, sort of abandoning off the sound that, you know, a lot of people, they've made a lot of fans through. Um, so at the time, there was some resentment and alienation among Radiohead fans towards Radiohead's latest offering. So suddenly the likes of Coldplay, uh, Muse, maybe even Travis um, kind of prop up with that kind of melancholic stuff. Mm. And the fans, you know, can latch onto that. And maybe that's why this hit at the right time. Um, you know, there's just a general kind of feeling of um, melancholy and like, you know, sort of after... You know, if, if Britpop's the party, this is the morning after, you know, everyone's got a bit of a headache and just wants something, can, yeah, you know, sure. a little bit softer. Um, it's you know. a bit of a chill out, I suppose. Yeah. 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 So, so Radiohead wanted to take music to strange new places and <laughs> then it was like, no, I want it safe. Yeah. Essentially, I mean, like Radiohead's Kid A is, I suppose, like if we want to kind of uh, play along with the uh, NSYNC um, you know, um, Simpsons thing, you know, that would be their like moment they were posted in on the cover of Mad Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, as I say, it's a perfectly nice song, but yeah. it, it's, it's nothing special. It. It's a perfectly yeah. adequate album. It's safe. Over. It's orchestrated. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. like, it repeats the verse and it repeats the chorus. It yeah. hints about being about disaster, but at the same time, the lyric is meant to be sarcastic. I don't know. 
it feels like saying it goes over people's heads because there's no real like meaning you can attach to it. No, again, this is the kind of thing I suppose with a lot of Coldplay, Chris Martin, is you just never truly, with the exception of a few songs, you never really get any great sense of sincerity from him. Yeah. You know, it, it, it always feels a bit too produced that way and calculated that way as if... It, f- it feels like he's emulating someone else's feelings rather than his own. Yeah, it's, does, it feels like, you know, you sort of... You could imagine him, um, I suppose, if you want to use like a kind of um, modern <laughs> sort of template or whatever you want to call it, um, you could imagine him having like them in their studio, having like a Pinterest board or, you know, clipboard <laughs> of different like kind of moods, you know, mood pictures. And there's like, let's, you know, you get what I mean? I could almost yeah, imagine yeah. them sort of coming up with a different sets of emotions and moods, writing them on a board and going, let's write the songs to that, you know? From vaguely fit fees instead of yeah, diving yeah. into like yeah. deep aspects of them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it feels like it's set in the page for like people like Ed Sheeran nowadays and stuff like that as well. Um, yeah, just as I say, it's that kind of, you know, it, it's, it's, it's bland, you know. It's, it's a simplification of rock. Yeah. As I say, um, this was sort of, for me, it was sort of the, the start of the downward slide. And I'm not blaming Coldplay um, for that. It's just the scene in general. Um, Coldplay were probably the better of the bands in that scene, but um, you know it needed some excitement. And I mean, thankfully, the next year, you know, from New York, we got that excitement back with the Strokes. But um, yeah, boy, you know, this is you know. It's, it's pop music masquerading as indie. I suppose that's the thing that cheeses me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, then they yeah. uh, throw away the um, clothes and with the other way, just pop <laughs> underneath anyway. Basically, yeah. It's, it's you know, again, bit, a bit like um, we were sort of going on about with like the Frank Zappa album. You know, you almost feel like, you know, they're going to Scooby-Doo-esque put off the mask, you know. Um, <laughs> Aren't they going to freak yeah. out? You know, but um, I, I must admit, I do like this next song though. It's probably my personal highlight. Um, and I think I know already how he's going to make a comparison. So we shall play it and see what comes up. Uh, this song is Shiver. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, I reckon Harry's going to just completely um, bolt in here and accuse the band of plagiarism. So let's go with him. Uh, if we're on the same page, are you thinking about Jeff Buckley? I was indeed. 
Um, it, it's oh yeah. So, so for those who have listened beyond Hallelujah, he's got pretty great guitar chops. That guy, and he goes yeah. like from this heavier sort of like uh, skills, almost like solid like guitar to be soft. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, like great. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, um, Chris Martin's actually admitted as much. To be fair to him, he said at the time yeah. right in this song they were listening to a lot of Jeff Buckley. And it's so apparent. Um, it's a good song. It is a really good song. Um, probably my personal favourite. To be honest, favorite. like, Jeff Buckley, he probably inspired, like, all these false titles singles all the time. Because, like, Radiohead, say, say, say the same thing. Like, um, they didn't think, like, that type of singing held a place in rock music until they had Jeff yeah. Buckley. Well, I mean, Jeff Buckley came out about the same time as Creep came out. And then, obviously... He tragically uh, passed and, you know, the next album, The Benz, is sort of the real turning point in Radiohead's career. Um, and I'd argue that's where Tom York definitely sort of found, you know, his iconic voice. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, you know, as I say, unfortunately, um, you know, Jeff Buckley only ever released that one album, really. I know, he, you know, his outtake albums and stuff like that. But in regards to mm. like the stuff that I like him for, which is more the guitar-driven stuff than the balladry, there's only that one album, and it's it's the cracker. Yeah. It's one of the big tragedies and what ifs. Uh, yes. in the music scene, really. Yeah, I'd love to have um, seen him actually try and do like um, a proper hard rock album, uh, but I get yeah, the impression it, from I get the impression from what I've heard of like biography and all that kind of thing that. He was probably going to go more down the singer-songwriter route. Yeah, so it seems to be what's suggested on the uh, sketches from a sweetheart album, anyway. But um, yeah, I, I, I really like this song. Um, I like the guitar riff. Um, I think it's produced quite well as well. Like as an indie production, I quite like the way the um, sort of guitars um, are cranked up to the point where you can hear them breaking out. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know. There's the reason that this made it into Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah, Christ. Um, yeah. It's, 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 I wouldn't call it a Guitar Hero sort of song. Um, no, yeah. but I mean, it's definitely the one that you would choose from Coldplay's discography if you did. <laughs> it's fast yeah. paced for one. Yeah, but that's like sort of saying what song from Keen would we put on Guitar Hero? <laughs> <laughs> what like, song from Keen would you put on Guitar Hero? I think there's like two songs by Keen that have got guitar on them. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have to be a guitar song to go on Guitar Hero? I wonder. What do you want? Kazoo. David Riley yeah, presents Kazoo, Kazoo Hero. Hero. Bring that out. Yeah, bring that, bring that out. Pictures. Just, just Wiley. What do you think of Kazoo in his mouth playing When the Saints? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I yeah. could do better than that with a kazoo. Um, I was—I'm indifferent to this song. I don't know why. Mm. I, I have very little Ooh. to say about it. I can see why you might prefer it. It's probably the rockiest. Yeah, it's—it's it's the most up tempo as well, isn't it? Yeah, like, but every other song sort that, of feels like a slog to get through sometimes because of the tempos, and this is actually yeah. on the front beat. And I think, see, I—I I sort of almost feel it the opposite i think because it's rocky i immediately compare it to all the much better songs out there oh <laughs> so you think it's like a imitation 
yeah. well, second class. What you guys were saying, so yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't have anything specific to compare yeah. to, but well, he's just sat there going. If I want to listen to a rock song, or you'll listen to Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it does well to be a five-minute song still. Yeah, it's. Um, I say it's one of those. If it was on the radio, you wouldn't switch it over. Um, that's that's, no, that's probably, about as much. Probably, say, yeah. you, you know what I mean? You, you tap your foot along while you're cooking in the kitchen, but you're not. It's not something I put on like my playlists to listen to out of choice. Um, and I think that's going to kind of yeah, be. You've read into lyrics much. It's kind of got like it's really stalkery. I mean, yeah, it's basically every breath you take kind of stalker vibe to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, supposedly, the subject of the song um, is Natalie Imbruglier, um of Torn fame. Um, supposedly, they were dating around the time the song oh, she, uh, there's a very, It's creepy that there's a specific person they've written uh, it for. Chris Martin has got a straight Chris Martin has admitted it was written with a specific person in mind, um, but he won't reveal who it was. But, um, well, that, um, okay. It is, <laughs> Can I read out a couple lyrics in a creepy voice just to illustrate this point? Go for it. In Chris Martin's voice. <laughs> oh, God. From the moment I wake to the moment I sleep, I'll be there by your side. Just you try and stop me. I'll be waiting in line just to see if you care. It's, it's the James Blunt school of creepiness. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Just you try and stop me. You know. It sounds kind of like a posh way of saying it. It's, it's, it's basically Coldplay's this, equivalent going, she smiled at me on the subway, she was with another man. <laughs> Well, I've got a plan. <laughs> that was also a huge song yeah. from that time. Yeah, yeah. It People just saw it into the stalkiness. What can we yeah. say? So, this was the days before Me Too. <laughs> but, um... I, I'll, just, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you to a story. Tell you what, to about a stalking? Story. No, well, Time. very closely related. When I first listened to this album, I got a couple of songs into it and was listening to it I did a little bit of research on Coldplay I saw that the lead like the lead person was Chris Martin my head I went oh wait that's the guy who beat Rihanna up <laughs> oh. <laughs> not true clarify now not true that's someone else but <laughs> yeah. that may that may have changed my opinions on the uh, songs a little said, how do you live as a fugitive down here where I can... Uh, so yeah, that is Spies. Uh, go to Wiley first. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have many thoughts. They're all the same, these songs, aren't they? Yeah, this is the problem. Um, like, like Shiver, apologies like, in advance Shiver to the listener. slightly different, I'll give you that, but... This is the exciting half of the album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, if you're listening to this podcast, just switch it off now. This this is not going to be worth listening to. 
Because we are just going to go yeah. for the songs and go, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the frustratingly basic is yeah. my overall feeling. A frustratingly basic British band tries to do James Bond. I, 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 um, I like the atmospherics I'm on this waiting track. waiting for something to stand out. Yeah. I mean, this has got nice atmospherics on it. That's as far as I can go with it. It's, after that, what, what more can you say? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit more the same. It carries the same atmosphere mm. as Don't Panic. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think they are trying to do James Bond because it has a like, reverb going on. <laughs> that mm. sort of defines it. It feels like and the producers... It feels, to be honest with you, it feels oh. like the producers should have a co-write on that one. Like, <laughs> if, if, you know what I mean? It feels like the production is what's driving that song, not the song itself. Like the way the kind of guitars have that sort of tremolo um, pan on it and things like that. You know, just the kind of spacings in terms of how separated like the tracks are, things like that. Like, if the, give your producer a co-write on that one. Yeah, I agree. For nicer parts of it when they had instrumental yeah. breaks. Yeah, but as I say, the song's just bang average it you know the production takes it touch up from that but again like it's this is the thing with um this era of music in general a lot of it's just inoffensive mm. and yeah. i mean i'm a bit more grown up nowadays but like when i was of the age where like i would have listened to being of the audience for it this this was the thing that really offended me um was inoffensive like inoffensiveness in how, music. how dare you not offend me? That's atrocious. I'm one of these people. <laughs> well, a provoking feeling, doesn't it? Especially when I was younger, I was like, I'd rather hate a song or a band, or yeah, you know what I mean, than, than be indifferent towards. Yeah, it. absolutely. So the bands I hated most were the ones we were, we were kind of sat here like now, kind of going, "It's all right." It's just background you know, noise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. I'd you know. And, and as you referenced earlier, it makes for a boring podcast. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, oh, maybe our mutual hatred livens up a bit. Yeah, I feel like this is the wrong Coldplay album to be discussing as well. You'd have a rush of blood to the head before this. Then. Without a doubt. Um, yeah. Rush of blood's like a high point in this style of music in general. Like I could name five tracks I like on Rush of Blood. Yeah, I owned that album. I hadn't even really heard of this one before. No. Just knew that yellow was a thing. This feels like the developmental stage, whereas Rush of Cold Blood feels like the point they truly became, you know, the phenomenon that is Coldplay. I think it could be interesting to look at first albums by bands, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, like, you, like you both seem to basically, you both, you're both saying that that's their best album. Can yes. Can you hear any of that album in this one? Like, just <sighs> the beginnings of it? In the big, in the big tracks, hmm. um, the ones that were released as singles. Yes, yeah. But, um, this album feels more this, like a vessel to get those singles out, while the next yeah. one feels more like sure. an album that integrates the sounds better. Yeah, um, it should be said that Rush of Cold Blood has a lot more piano on it as well. Just kind mm. of, you know, was this is yeah. a more guitar? I was surprised that I do know. I know Coldplay for their piano. A little bit. I was surprised at the lack of piano in a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. and orchestration too. Yeah. Like, we're definitely getting a bigger budget with the next one. Yeah, well, a lot of this album's recorded, um, well, it's actually recorded across uh, three different studios. The main two, um, well, the main one 
um, for the main bulk of the album was um, Par Street Studios in Liverpool. Um, they hired three of the rooms at Par Street and um, recorded seven tracks from the album at Par Street. Um, and then the record company decided it needed something a little bit more. And um, they went to um, a residential recording studio in Wales uh, to record um, a few more tracks, including that one song that everyone knows. Uh, the uh, studio was Rockfield, and it's actually quite an interesting documentary about Rockfield Studio. Um, I believe it's still available as things stand on BBC iPlayer, if uh, people want to go and check that out. Um, if I haven't got anything more to add on Spies, I think we shall move on to Sparks. I was going to say, what's the title of that documentary, if people want to listen? Oh, crikey. Um, good question. Because otherwise they're going on iPlayer and they're like, to be honest with you, if, if they type in Rockfields into iPlayer and it is It'll on there still, it will come okay. up. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's um, a lot of really good bands uh, recorded at Rockfield Studios. Uh, Queen, um, Rush, uh, Oasis, The Charlatans and Coldplay. So, uh, you know, and they all uh, share their stories of uh, being at this Welsh farm. Uh, but yeah. Studio on the farm. Studio on the farm. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Kind of just spelled it out already. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really great documentary. If, um, especially for those who just kind of want a bit more kind of an eye into the world of actually creating albums. Because um, a lot of people think it's a glamorous world and <laughs> the reality of it is it's a slog. Um, I mean, I mean, um, I've only kind of got the one active experience um, myself of like recording music as like as someone who records music, you know, plays the music. Um, went into a studio for one day uh, and I was formerly in and it was a slog. You know, we did, we did four songs, started at about 9, 9.30 in the morning, didn't finish up till eight in the evening wow so you were separately recording instruments to like a um, metronome track or no no um we recorded the rhythm tracks um so that's uh drums bass and rhythm guitar all together okay um i overlaid my lead guitar over the top of those tracks and then uh, the singer overlaid his vocals okay because sometimes so, like you record the rhythm as like a bass layer to like uh, play along to and then you record each yeah, instrument over no. and then delete that. Um, cause we were kind of, um, one of these bands that, you know, had spent a lot of time in rehearsal rooms. We could kind of get away with, you know, playing as a, like that back kind of back free instrumentation, so to speak. Um, okay. But I remember just uh, like the overall impression of it being very short for time. Um, it didn't help that I was still recovering from food poisoning. <laughs> like, it was touch or go whether I'd be able to get to the session. Like I'd been off work for like a few days. Um, basically, I'd had to go home like on the Thursday um, or the Wednesday, like mid shift, because I just like ran off and threw up, you know? Yeah. Um, spent like the next day and a bit of the day after that, like struggling to keep food down, you know? But it felt like such a big deal to everyone. You know, there's the kind of thing of let's nurse Martin through it. Um, so went to the studio on the Saturday and 
one of the guys in the band basically posted like a photo up of us going to the studio. So I get a call from work. I had the day booked off. I get the studio, you know, I get the call. Like, oh, are you feeling better now? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, um, and they go, can you come in and work tonight? <laughs> so um, finish up at the studio. We get back into Liverpool for about eight, eight maybe about nine o'clock. And um, I literally had to jump out of the um, caravan that our bassist drove um, into the work to finish up, finish work at 2 a.m. And I've been up since six that morning. <laughs> um, it was just a slog of a day. Um, you produced one song or? We produced four. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. But my, my main gripe from it was the fact that uh, we well, I personally didn't get any time for um, retakes or like, you know, overdubs. So, um, like I say, they record like, the bass tracks and then my lead track I'd have to do is one solid take. So if I messed up one little bit, I couldn't um, have a bounce back. Whereas if the vocalist messed up a vocal, he'd get a bounce back. I felt that was really unfair. But um, yeah. So, I just, you know, I can't really listen back to them nowadays, to be honest with you, because I just hear the mistakes in my playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a fun experience at the time. Eye-opening um, as well by the sounds of it. Sorry? Uh, Eye-opening as well by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. As I say, um, Graham, um, who um, produced the EP, um, ultra-talented guy, um, but he was a student at um, Preston University at the time. So they had like a million pounds studio that was like installed like a year, two years before. Nice. So we had like real state of the art, you know, gear. It's like, you know, for the level of band that we were, it was equivalent of like being in Abbey Road, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but um, I mean, Graham's one of those guys, um, you know, he'd be, he'd be amazing to get on here actually. I might give him a bell. You know, and you can talk maybe on some of the more production-based albums about some of the tricks mm. that they uh, introduced. Uh, but good. yeah, um, I feel like uh, we should move on to Sparks. Sparks. Um, should we go on to Wiley? Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not, exactly not to, not, not to put too fine a point on it, but it's, like... it's another pretty basic but fine track. I'm not like I'm getting more and more frustrated with the album as a whole, but there's nothing mm. inherently wrong with it. It's just like bland yeah. isn't even a good word for it because it's not. It has a very distinctive melancholic tone and yeah. sound. And, it's just it's, it's, uh, it's all, the same thing over and over, isn't it? That's the yeah. It's 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 quite perfunctory. I yeah, think would be the word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it does its job. It doesn't overstay its welcome, but yeah, it doesn't. Um, this particular song really impression. doesn't stand out to me, though. I, no, I've, like, I've got to say the same. I, you know, I feel like. That, that's all that's what you've just said there's literally all i've got to say on this one <laughs> yeah it, you could sit down in the room with your grandma and whatever and play this song and yeah, yeah. everyone would be perfectly happy maybe if i get depressed 
you know, we're talking about kind of reasons this album may or, you know, may have done well at the time. And I feel like it's because, you know, songs like this, um, where, um, you, you know, your Britpop, uh, 20 year olds are now in their early thirties and having their first kids. Um, you know, they're not going to clubs. They're not going to the pub as much. Yeah. They're socializing with other parents and having dinner parties more than anything else, you know, mm. and this is the album you could put on at a dinner party. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know what? That's really, that's true. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to host a dinner party when we finally get out of lockdown. <laughs> I'm going to put this album on. <laughs> Instead of now, I'll be like, wait, that's, that that's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, it's the perfect dinner party album. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, you could put this on. It's interesting enough to be nice to put in the background, but it's not interesting enough to pique people's attention away from whatever you're talking about at the dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, outside of the album is just totally yeah. forgettable. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that, that's as much as we should say on this song, really. <laughs> Otherwise we're just dragging it out. Um, you're, just ex- you're just excited to get to yellow, aren't you? <laughs> I feel like the next few couple of songs, at least, is the point where the album picks up in one way or another. Mm. That's for sure. Well, let's find out. yellow you you renegade (laughs) um this isn't prince (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the song everyone knows ah well no you didn't know the song at all no i did not i don't know how it's possible i actually yeah next i actually knew the next song (laughs) not this one which is really weird in retrospect yeah like this is like so um you picked what's this yeah, like, I'd call this you, you a definitive move. Coldplay song. Yeah, it's one of those songs you can't move away from just in regards to popular culture. You know, maybe I'd heard it, but I didn't remember it. Mm. Very Why you just like yellow? That's not my colour. <laughs> no, it's more of colour. a um, Eiffel 17 fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blue, ba-da-dee, ba-da-ba. It's nothing to me. <laughs> Oh, and um, even after you spelled it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but talking about the actual song itself, without any prior knowledge of it, I would say it it was good. I enjoyed it. And and then he started singing and I enjoyed it slightly less. <laughs> Which is, that's a really mean thing to say. Because it, it's, it's not like he's got a bad singing voice or whatever. But I was, I was just enjoying the instrumental more. Hmm. I mean, it's a perfectly average at best singing voice. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. I think once I, once I, I'm I get used, what you mean. Once I, once I got used to him singing, I was like, oh, okay, no, the song's still good, but it mm. it really jars because I'm enjoying that opening. Like, I get lot. where you're coming from because um, yeah. the song opens with such bombast. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like it, you know, compared to all the other songs so far, they sort of almost maybe with the exception of Shiver. Yeah. Um, all the songs sort of creep in and then this is like boom you know comparatively you know yeah, especially after the last um, song it's like got yeah. vocals and now it's like wake the fuck up <laughs> and then you know you got all that and you're like right okay I'm, my, my attention's back um, you know what, what's coming next and it's just look at the stars you know, oh, for god's sake you know, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm you just know it, it feels like the sort of to be honest with you, it's a nice song, but I could write better lyrics <laughs> with, uh, literally, they could dip a broomstick in lubricant, shove that broomstick up my backside, lift me up by that broomstick, and I'd write better lyrics on the ceiling. Well, that's strong. You're kind of in a position now where you want to write good lyrics because it's a pretty sucky situation to be in. You want to get out that fast, <laughs> but it, you know what I mean. Like, you got with typewriters could write better lyrics. <laughs> it was um, the best of times. You know, it was the it redeems, of times. it redeems itself in the bridge. <laughs> but that first verse, after starting with that much hope, and then it just goes, "Look at the stars." Yeah, say, it's, God it's kind of conflicting. Yeah, it's like distorted guitars and then a lullaby. Yeah. I mean, you could tell also um, that this was the one that wasn't recorded in the Liverpool sessions. Mm. You could tell this was the uh, this came from the Wales sessions when the if record label so. went. Wait, yeah, it's got a different a, air to it. We need a single. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every, all the other songs that kind of have a vibe that's a bit more yeah. uh, down on itself, a little bit more melancholic, and this sure. is like. Fucking hell, stadium anthem. Yeah, when you were younger, did you used to like the song? I didn't like it when I was younger. I like it more so now. Okay, and the other way around. I find it like being nostalgic. Mm. I, I, I hated this sort of stuff when I was a kid. Was like too felt, sappy. I felt like it was audience baiting. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, but now, especially comparative to latter day Coldplay, this feels actually very genuine. <laughs> um, Except I, I don't think he has any idea what yellow means. <laughs> it's um, kind of like, um, the, the, as I say, uh, the lyrics were Sally can wait in. Yeah. I mean, Oasis it's not quite thing. as bad as some of the Oasis ones. You know, he, he did it with a doctor in a helicopter. He's sneezing in a tissue reading the big issue, but it's <laughs> still walking down a hole faster than a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. To spend some days in the sunshine. <laughs> Can't stand Oasis. <laughs> I wonder if Oasis are on the thousand. I've got a love-hate of Oasis. Oh, God. I just hate them. Um, but it's, as I say, comparative to latter-day Coldplay, this feels like an actual anthem that came about by accident, if that makes sense. Whereas the other ones feel a lot more like they were calculated to be anthems. Mm, yeah. Um, supposedly the story behind Yellow is that they were recording other songs 
in Wales. And there's some pressure from the record label to write a single, and they were starting to feel that pressure. Um, after a particularly tough recording session, uh, they just went out um, into the fields and um, was talking to um, one of the roadies, and the conversation was just look at the stars because it looks so nice out in the fields. And us, you know, that was the first lyric. And from there, you know, came, look how they shine for you and all of, you know. And <laughs> paint by numbers. Yeah, yeah. As I say, you kind of get that paint by numbers impression. But, uh, you know, at least it kind of, I like song, you know, big songs that come from small seeds. So knowing, knowing the backgrounds, I, I appreciate the song that little bit more. But at the same time, want to know where the lyric for you, I bleed myself dry comes from. <laughs> that is like totally left balling. As I say, yeah. Um, and then like, you've got this kind of nice kind of, you know, well, it's, it's, it's a rubbish lyric as I've said before, but look out the stars, look out the shop view. And then suddenly, oh, oh well, your skin and bones. You're like, fucking hell with it. What? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, like, I, 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 I suppose the idea of it is supposed to be it's something lovely and you know whatever, but everything's expendable. I suppose it's supposed to be the overarching narrative, if you want to call it that. But it, again, it just feels like lyric soup. Yeah, I feel the distorted guitars that come up after every like verse like saves it definitely. Yeah, like I say, the the instrumentation is the thing that kind of drives it on. I, yeah. I don't feel like it would be an anthem if it wasn't played musically that way, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I'd say it gives like the song the emotional edge that his voice lacks. Yeah. I mean, I suppose like the greatest evidence of that is um, how much this song is played at open mics. <laughs> um, and it always sounds bloody awful. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, yeah, like... Yellow Wonderwall. If if you play any of them two songs at an open mic, you know you'll get a few drunks singing along. But everyone with whose opinion should matter thinks you're an asshole. <laughs> Just appealing to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. yeah, yeah, literally. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, has anyone got anything to add on Yellow? No, I think we've covered it all. Yeah. If we do, there'll be trouble. Oh. So that was trouble. Um, how he's already said that he likes this more than yellow. So we'll go to him. Yeah, it feels like, um, like Wiley was saying, it's like the piano-driven sort of like Coldplay that they came more famous for. But yes, it definitely feels like way more mature than the other songs. It's sort of like got like a finesse to it with the piano. Yeah, there's a it's, bit more um, confidence in this song. So it's if you know. Um, it's actually just while we were playing that song there, just trying to find out um, what stage of the process of the album this song came in at. And then imagine this mm. was quite a late edition. Um, yeah. This feels a bit like Yellow. Um, it just feels like it came along later. 
as the band sort of found their feet. Whereas um, the likes of Don't Panic, Spies, Sparks definitely feel like tentative steps towards an end goal. Definitely. Now we're going to have a goal with this song, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and his his vocals seem more confident and more uh, less like shaky in a way. We feel yeah a lot easier to listen to, more more likable. Yes, um, I mean again, a bit like Yellow. This feels like it's being produced to be a radio single. Hmm. Uh, Wiley, I wonder what your thoughts are. I fucking love this song. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure why, but it's going on the playlist. In my in my notes, I, I had a good think about it because I remember liking this one a damn sight more than everything that had come before it. And I sort of came to the conclusion that a, like the majority of this album is sort of sparse, melancholic. Uh sort of emotional feeling and I think that this song actually nails that tone yeah better than the yeah. rest of them it, it has like really a real atmosphere and makes you feel it yeah it, it's it's a lot more successful in that tone and I think that's why I like it yeah it's the definitely other ones are like kind of whiny well this one just sort of like is downtrodden and yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, it's more reflective on that contemplative and I think Martin hit the nail on the head when he said it was maturer as well. That's actually how you said that, but I'll take the My credit. apologies. Like a good cheese. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it just feels like it came along later in the evolution of the band sound than mm. uh, the likes of Don't Panic. Um, just for background, Don't Panic actually did appear on the Blue Room EP, which preceded this album. Ah, okay. Um, so, you know... It, this is the point, you know, we can start charting the um, development of the band. And I suppose it sounds nasty, but that's the more interesting part of it than some of the songs on this album to me. Yeah, I think um, I, we do that for the other bands as well, though. Yes, yes, of course. Um, I mean, it'd be a very boring podcast if we just sat there and went, that's a nice song. That's a nice song. That's a nice song. Um, that's a shit song. <laughs> basically, yeah. But, I mean, we'll get into the debate a little bit more once we've heard the album the full way through. Mm. But, I mean, does this album deserve to be on this kind of list? Or is it in there on the back of it being successful and maybe on the back of what came later from Coldplay? That's kind of a question in itself. Mm. It will be answered at the end of his podcast. Stay tuned, listeners. Uh, have we got anything else to add on Trouble? Uh, no, I have my say. Um, from memory, um, this song kind of became a bit of a hit because of when and where it came out. Um, okay. Well, the next just gonna, one or Trouble? No, 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 Trouble. I thought I had a different video for America and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they really pushed this towards um, America. It actually was remixed um, in America with a view to it being a single for the American market. Oh. And it was this in yellow that sort of broke through to America. Um, so by the time of um, Russia Cold Blood to the Head, they'd already had a, like a considerable amount of, um, <laughs> you know, um, exposure, success. They were already playing arenas on their first album, which is pretty crazy, really. 
you know mm. by the time of the third album they were like a, a stadium band there's very few who gets to that level that quick yeah i guess like that's what separates them from people like travis and james blunt and crew like they broke through to the american audience too yeah yeah um i mean as i say this is this is coldplay recording before they got big if you get what i mean mm. um and then like we revisit them literally a year and a half later and they're the biggest thing since sliced bread you know i mean i think he'd even married gwyneth paltrow by that point <laughs> you know done deal you know he'd gone they'd gone from like you know you just standard uni graduates who drink cider and you know have a laugh you know to you know hobnobbing with the actresses mm. it's you know it's, it's interesting to chart that little change um sure. but yeah uh, next up is parachutes um to be honest with you it's going to take me longer to introduce this song than it is to actually hear the song <laughs> 46 seconds that was power shoots next up high speed <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was High Speed by Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like um, those cast songs on OK Computer without any of the urgency whatsoever. Yeah, it's so it's it's, it's such a bad Radiohead ripoff. Um, this is why Tom York's angry. <laughs> this is why he's a bitter old man nowadays. Because he just sees people pissing on the legacy of OK Computer with crap like that. Okay, um, I, I can't <laughs> comment. I haven't heard OK Computer. It's 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 a perfectly nice song, but when you hear the influence, when you know of the places it's influenced by, it, yeah. it just feels too derogative. You mean derivative? Yeah, that. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. Are yeah. we going to talk about parachutes, or or are we standing by that joke? <laughs> <laughs> you can talk about parachutes if you want. I've just got nothing to say on it. I'm sorry. I, I, I just I wrote, don't like. I I, I've never had a thing about like it, if you chuck that smaller fragment of a song in the middle of nothing, then it deserves to get nothing. It's yeah. weirder too. They named the whole album after it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I just wrote down a tiny bit of it, tiny bit, saying that it sounds like during recording they realised it was shit and just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And, and you know what? If that's the genuine reason that it's so short, then fair fucks to them. But I don't think that's the case. Uh, it, yeah. Fair fucks? Yeah, that's an expression. I've never heard that expression before. Ah, uh, well, you're going to hear a whole lot more of it. Fair fucks. Yeah. yeah, fair play. coming out of your mouth. It's like fair play, but more more yeah. jovially uh, obscene. Yeah, Wiley at the uh, you know dinner party table, Coldplay <laughs> playing in the background. 
do you want more cauliflower cheese? Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Fair fucks. Yeah, fair. That's not a good use of the expression, but sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> debating it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, That's not how my dinner party would go down mine. <laughs> <laughs> Cauliflower cheese? No, no, no. We serve bolivons in this household. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I feel like this kind of diversionary chat kind of illustrates what we've got to say about this song. Yeah. <laughs> like, this no, is both, a very good indicator. And, yeah, the more we diverge... high speed didn't do anything for us. Yeah. I feel like the more we diverge away, it probably is a good indicator of how little we feel about a song. Mm. It's a really um, strange song. There's like hardly any lyrics to whatsoever. Yeah. Like the, the chorus is just confidence in you, it's confidence in me, it's confidence in high speed. And before all that, we've been living life inside of a bubble. We've been living inside of a bubble. <laughs> just the same shit over Why and over. did BT not take this track on for like an advertising campaign for broadband at the time? Maybe they knew it was terrible. <laughs> because it didn't sound like it was high speed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe they wanted KA computer instead. <laughs> sort of, yeah, but it's not really broadband or like a AOL modem. Yeah. And maybe that's what happened with parachutes. They were like recording over the net and then their mum decided <laughs> to ring their nan. <laughs> oh. They could use that oh, as the, the whole of AOL. Uh, song when, uh, when you ring them up on the phone or something like that. Oh, God. Do you, uh, yeah, I, I remember like the days of AOL, like, and, you know, it'd be like, come off the internet now, I need to phone Nan. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, I think it, it didn't actually work the way that if you picked up the phone and dialed someone, like your internet would disconnect. It was more the fact that you couldn't get through on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, the terrible noise. Yeah. The screech. Yeah, because it would, it would, it would be it would basically the same as uh, line in use. It would be busy. Yeah. Except it was just awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know all that I and mean, you know you'd be lucky if you'd loaded up an email in five minutes yeah and uh, you know here we are complaining that we're getting a little bit of lag on the voices on this recording <laughs> you know how the world's moved on eh what um, a time to be alive <laughs> but mm, yeah I as I say it's 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 a not it's a it's a good replication of the um, okay computer sound and that's all I can really give it credit for yeah um, it's like they took a bass level shot at it it's like yeah. there's no substance to the lyrics whatsoever that's what I mean it, it just it, it, it kind of kicks into the vibe you know what I mean it's in the ballpark of that Radiohead vibe they just don't pull it off you know um, I, it really wouldn't surprise me if this song came quite early in the process Mm. Um, a bit, you know, again, a bit like maybe Shiver, you know, you just get the feeling they haven't found their own sound. So they're just listening to other artists and cribbing sort of little odds and spots. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, in, in my least cynical viewpoint, that that's where most people would start out, surely. Yeah, of course. But most yeah. people don't get signed on the basis of what they plagiarized. <laughs> 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 uh, I tried. I tried quickly. I'm sorry, Chris Martin. I tried. <laughs> you know, but it's it's one of these. Like, I, I feel like I'm I'm pooping on Coldplay a lot here, and I'm really don't want to be that guy. 
because it's too easy to do. But Chris Martin himself knows that. Yeah, make it a challenge. Like he's he's, he's a punchline, isn't he? Really, you know. Yeah. And by yeah. all accounts, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? He's been on Jimmy Fallon making fun of himself. He just, you know, and then he does all the, you know, stuff for fair trade and all these other campaigns. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a bit of a do-gooder. Yeah, well, um, I guess most were in that situation. He's you like know. anti-Morrissey. And he had the common sense to get away from Gwyneth Paltrow when she started releasing candles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those candles. I think you saw the warning signs pretty early. <laughs> Before the rest of us, probably. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, some people say he saw the warning signs. Um, other people say he'd had two kids. It was a bit late by then. <laughs> I mean, surely the first warning sign is calling your kid Apple. Like, again, one of these modern things that just does not make sense to me whatsoever. Mm. Is I it hope Apple, he receives updates it, every now and then. Nah. Is it <laughs> Apple Martin or Apple Paltrow or um, it's Apple Blossom Martin, I believe. Apple Blossom Martin, wonderful. Oh. Um, at least they didn't. At least they didn't call her Aston. To be fair, like if, you know, that would be like what I'd call my like fragrance if I ever released a perfume. <laughs> Apple Blossom Martin. Yeah. It's not as bad as Northwest, which is like no. a pun name. Oh. No, Northwest is the uh, the be all and end all of bad celebrity baby names. Yeah. So far. And his cousin Fred. Um, I feel like we should move on to We Never Change. So yeah, that's uh, we never change. Just um, kind of oh, classic. God. I was going to say mid-album filler, but we're actually coming to the end of the album at this point. Mm. Uh, it, it it's just a song that fits the overall vibe. Doesn't yes, go it's, above and it's beyond. Iron- it ironically hasn't changed from the other songs. <laughs> Chris yeah. is sad again. <laughs> Someone get the volume out. <laughs> Chris is having another anxiety attack. I mean, eventually the electric guitars do come in again. <laughs> it's quite a while until we're saved from the mopiness. Yeah, it's it's again it, it it as it kind of goes on, it it plugs a bit more into that Jeff Buckley vibe again, doesn't it? But mm. it's um, again, as I say, it's um, classic debut album padding. Yeah, mm. it's just things you want to do. But yeah, that's, that's all I've got to say on it. So if nothing, no one's else got anything to add, we'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I think what, when I was listening through and it started, I was like, oh, because hmm. it's just it's just more of the same. And that was starting to get really grating by this point. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it picks up a bit at the end, but by that point, I think our patience had already worn thin. I think I'd, I'd clocked out by that. Yeah, it's such yeah. a weird... <laughs> like move to take it just like slows down the album massively if it wasn't already like coming down to a halt. yeah and it it's like it, it's called we never change but it seems mm. to just make the most basic points that it can in that respect it's like lyrically yeah. ambiguous to be i don't know half about the world half about a relationship but really yeah. just wants to live in a fucking cabin yeah <laughs> as i say it's um 
this is the thing I think we've all picked up on across this album so far is when they're mature and confident, they're a good band mm-hmm. and the songs are good. But a lot of these songs are sort of tainted by naivety, underconfidence, and just a lack of overall direction. Mm. It's like I say, it's it's almost like um, their early producer um, for the Liverpool sessions heard Don't Panic and then used that as a template for the songs that he was going to put in and the band just went along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. you get a lot of copies of Don't Panic and then the songs that aren't Don't Panic that came along later on stand out like Chiver, uh, Yellow Trouble, you know, um, because... They, they're, they're something different. They're produced with more confidence. You know, it's almost like the band know their better songs than the rest of the stuff on the album. And um, I think it, that, that, you know, that's interesting that they really hit big heights on the next album with songs that took those um, sort of themes on and they left behind a lot of this more um, un, nondescript kind of moodiness. Yeah. I don't really so, get it because like the singles, you you want to be a bit plain and radio accessible if you're Coldplay, but when you're doing like filler album tracks, you can be less ambiguous. Yeah, <laughs> it still seems like they play it so damn safe. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, my favourite two Coldplay albums um, are probably um, Rush Cold Blood to the Head and it would be a toss up between X and Y and uh, Viva La Vida. Um, I'm going to say on this one, Viva La Vida, um, just for the simple, f- and it, I ha- don't like this, the singles on Viva La Vida. Um, I can't say I've listened past to Rush with Blood of the Head. Yeah. Um, I don't like this, the, the singles on Viva La Vida, but at least with that one, they, they teamed up with Brian Eno and the, the songs that weren't released as singles at least have a sense of experimentation and a sense of trying to find new grounds. Um, you know, I'd rather bands do that and it works well in some place and it doesn't in others than just try and ground out photocopies of what was the successful song. Yeah. The river must have been pretty driver for Brian Eno to work with Coldplay. <laughs> um, he's actually done, I think, three productions with him. Oh wow! Okay, um, definitely two because um, he produced um, he produced Marlo Saito, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he produced Evil of Vida. Um, he might have had some involvement in the back end of X and Y as well. Maybe not. Maybe it's just there was an Eno influence there. But yeah, um, have we got anything else to add on? We never change apart from the fact that. They, they, they kind of call it with the title, really. They're just not changing. <laughs> yeah. Um, my only addition is every time you mention Viva La Vida, I keep on thinking of the Ricky Martin song. <laughs> Living the Vida Loca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Ricky Martin, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, dear. That's it. That's all I have to say. Uh, you've been listening lost? to the Album of the Week podcast. See you next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, um, this is the final uh, track, at least on the track listing. Um, It's a track called Everything's Not Lost. 
When I counted up my demons Saw there was one for every day With the good ones on my shoulders I drove the other ones away If you ever feel neglected. Uh, so that was Everything's Not Lost. Has anyone got an opinion? I think we preferred the hidden bonus track. <laughs> um, so it's hidden by a whole seven seconds of silence. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a really half-assed bonus track in that regard. Like, yeah. I feel like if you're going to call something a hidden track make a bit more effort to hide it. Hmm. you got like, to hide it. You know, even leave like a... Well, how, the, how the convention, would, the convention is to put like a one to two minute gap at the end, if you get what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the, the best sort of CD era bonus track kind of method was um, actually um, people preload uh, bonus tracks as track zero on an album. Um, so what the what basically the only way you could play the track was like, on a CD player was to put the CD in, um, hit rewind at the beginning of track one to make it rewind into track zero. Yeah, um, Ash did it um, on one of their albums, um, and it's just like I like the fact that with those sort of bonus tracks, you've really got to go to some effort to get at them. Yeah, it's like some interaction. Yeah, um, you know, it, it feels like something that the diehard fans only would know about because no casual fan is going to have enough interest to sit there and rewind back into it. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, it's like it's like this Easter just feels like films and video games. Yeah, so. was this just feels like another track on the album that they just couldn't be yeah. <laughs> bothered to put in the track listing? Mm. If you get what I mean, yeah. and it's not like the the album's that long; it's a ten track album. Yeah. So why don't you just list this as the eleventh track? <laughs> um, but yeah, oh. I mean, everything's not lost. It's it's very much in tune with the rest of the album. It's uh, okay. I, I it's, slightly preferred it. Yeah, it's not a good sign. It's called everything's not lost, and then why do you immediately want to talk about the hidden track? <laughs> like <laughs> everything is lost, pretty much. I do prefer uh, the hidden track. Yeah, I mean, that's all I have written down. I don't remember yeah. much about it, but. I remember liking it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting jazzy detour, but yeah, uh, it's kind of like slow and these sort of like album closes are better if it's been faster paced before. So like gives you yeah. room to settle down and contemplate or whatever. I mean, I'd go as far as saying I'd prefer the likes of Life is for Living to have been on the album as opposed to um, fifth grade photocopies of the singles. Yeah, I prefer a little bit of experimentation on album tracks if you're going to go down that route. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I, but it's it's one of those. It, it just feels like it. You know, either include it in the album itself or don't. If you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you know it would have been better served as a side where they could have tested the waters among the fans and seen if that was the kind of thing that fans wanted to hear um it just feels weird 
lobbing it on the end of an album. That's just me. I get you. Just the extra filler. Yeah. Um, as I say, to be honest with you, um, this whole kind of, you know, this, this feels almost like a summation of a lot of my feelings on this album. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of being a very meh at this point on this song. Kind of, <laughs> you know, how I think we've all felt about this album. And, you know, I, by the way, um, any Coldplay fans listening, uh, please direct all hate mail to uh, bluemusic at blue.co.uk. <laughs> Um, I just, yeah, I just don't have enough of an opinion on a lot of this stuff. You, you, you joke about Coldplay um, fans. You, you joke about the Coldplay fans, Martha, but I think, I think we've been fair in our analysis. But for these yeah. people who are diehard fans of this album, this made like big, like end of years list too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this album is the 22nd best-selling album in the UK of the last century. Wow. Um, just as a little, um, like of the 2000s anyway, um, funnily enough, I think the first best-selling album of the 2000s is actually The Scissor Sisters. Hmm. But yeah, it must be a case of like, people like a few tracks from it and they put on shuffle yeah, and yeah, don't really venture out further. Definitely one of those albums that is a success off of the radio play of the singles. Yeah. Well, this last song is really weird because it's like everything's not lost and it's meant to be like this thing that convinces you that you should go out and fight and stuff, but it's so dreary and yeah. <laughs> it just sort of just like goes counterpoint to the main message <laughs> that it's trying to send. It's like meant to be a call to arms, but it's more like a call to bed. Call to not in a sexy way. to the arms. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's just, to me, it's, it's swamped with that sort of post-Britpop apathy. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's just on a downer and it really shows. <laughs> even tries to get like, hey, Judy at the end of oh, oh, years, but oh, even that is the same. Mm. As I say, again, it, as I say, it's, it's just, there's not enough change in this album. And that's it's that's what bogs it down and what makes it feel so droll for us to cover as a subject you know that's that's i, I i'm out that's all i've got to say <laughs> should we start <laughs> let's, let's summarize our thoughts then if we're yes okay. um i mean like i kind of have um yeah as i say you, um, you go first then martin let's get yeah, sure. your score and your two favorites um for me um which, the album... which, which two out of the three favorites we all have <laughs> it's kind of uh, Shiver in Yellow and uh, my least favourite there's too many um, all the others <laughs> oh god it's Sparks just, yeah. just a bit of a nothing track um, too much like you know the, there's, there's too many other tracks on the album that do that better and when I say there's yeah, too many another yeah, um, like oh, I said, I did you wrong, girl. Tra- there's too many songs that try and repeat the same trick, but with lessening dividends, that, and that's kind of the problem I have with this album. Um, like those, the three tracks which we're all going to name, I've got no doubt we're all going to name the same sort of three tracks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like that's why this album is considered as good as it is. And you know, those album, those, those three songs are elite tier sort of songs. They deserve to be best of that, that year kind of lists and all that kind of thing. They deserve to be played on the radio a lot. But the rest of it, I could just bin bag and forget about. Um, so, I mean, my overall score for this album, um, I want to be a bit more positive because of those songs, but I'm going to have to give it a three. Ooh, that's low. We're getting harsh. <laughs> uh, it, I'll revise it. I'm going to go four because of, of the three songs that are on it. But, yeah. um, you know... I'll just buy the singles and bin the album. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that that's a that's a that's our rating. <laughs> I think so, I think we we can we can probably say that about a lot of the albums that we're going to cover. Yeah. Buy the like buy the singles, bin the album. Would, it's going to be our <laughs> it's going to be our catchphrase. Would you make any changes to um, the favourites and the worst? I, I'm, I'm sensing a trouble from you. Me. Yeah. Oh yeah, trouble and shiver. I'd go exactly the same. Yeah, um, I thought you two would do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind yellow of, of the rest of the songs. It's 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 my favourite, but it's significantly lower than shiver and trouble for me for reasons um, I yeah. mentioned when we listened to it. Uh, my least favourite is uh, my worst one is we never change. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I think they don't ever change. I think it's because of its placement in the album. I was yeah. like, oh, it's another one for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, I, like the previous ones, I don't mind so much because that's what they're going for. But it, by the time we get there, it's like, okay, all right. Here we are. I'll just, yeah. I'll, I'll just have enough of it. So <laughs> I, 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 I disliked it more because of that. In yeah. reality, it's probably no worse than any of them. But. That's a good point. Uh, and my overall score is a... Four slash five. A four slash five. Yeah. Um, four if I think about the album as a whole. Five if I really focus on trouble. Just <laughs> <laughs> think of trouble. So for the for the sake of our culminative our cumulative score, I'd say four. Four. It's just really not looking good for this album, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No. And I feel Sorry, like we're no. like I feel like we're pushing to be generous to it as well. Like four. You I know want what to I mean? be as generous we're as pinching I can. Pinching to get to that four. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest, it's not my kind of music. I've decided no. that I'm probably quite a rock fan. Um Ooh. I mean from from our exploration so yeah, far. Yeah. This is I'm, this is it'll definitely be, not. It'd be back. interesting because um, I know for a fact that um, Russia Cold Blood to the Head is on this list. Yeah, um, okay, cool. it'd be interesting down the line to get that album and see how our thoughts change on Coldplay next yeah. week. On, <laughs> yeah. uh, hopefully, we get some space. Uh, hopefully, not anytime soon. No, no. because it'll, it'll be nice to return yeah. to it after a. Uh, few weeks yeah a couple of um, months mm. <laughs> I'm like oh yeah yeah I'm just about ready for some more Coldplay <laughs> <laughs> after the, like the breakdowns that are inevitable <laughs> when the world opens up again <laughs> yeah what's interesting is we all have different worst tracks no mm. uh, I'm gonna say high speed okay it's just um, I'm like gonna... we said it's like Radiohead but a weak version of it it just has nothing to say whatsoever 
And I'm going like, to just say, can we really have different worst tracks when those three tracks are all the same track? <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah, it's just things that slow down the album like massively. It's just high speed is more culpable for it because it's called high speed. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're, like, we are literally now at this point of, like, pick, because there's a few worst tracks to pick from, we're just picking them based on names. <laughs> <laughs> Like why they just went? Oh, we never changed because they because <laughs> it hasn't changed. I was like, Harry's just going. Oh, that wasn't high speed at all. <laughs> you lied to me, Colt. It's like Virgin Media internet installations. That wasn't high speed. <laughs> False advertising. Yeah, like, like by the same degree, I chose Sparks because it set off no sparks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, scores, yeah. Harry. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to be harsher because I've seen so many decent albums get like fives and fours. Yeah. I'd give it a three because it's just mediocre and bland. And yeah, even even when it is trying to be like more grandiose and stuff, it's still yeah. playing it damn safe. Yeah, it's it's not adding nothing to the uh, musical soup. Yeah. Um, yeah. So overall, I think we're saying it's a low four. Yes, but we want to. We but we want to see what they do. Yeah, right. yeah. There's there's you've promise got, within the, promise. the big song. Let's see, yeah. Let's see you build on that. <laughs> yeah, albums. yeah. Passed on hypothetical audition. Yeah. Like it's, it, this is the beginning of your career, Coldplay. Okay, you've got you've got plenty of things you can. Yeah, do. there's enough to get that second chance. Build on what's good. You know? Yeah, and if you release another uh, high speed, we will come and find you. High, high speed two, <laughs> higher speed. <laughs> oh god, high well, speed two yeah. cruise control. <laughs> <laughs> or the Hallmark movie, everything's not lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that has been, unfortunately, <laughs> Power Shoots by Coldplay. <laughs> oh, Why do like... name it Power Shoots? <laughs> what yeah. was the meaning? Because you need one to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, God. fuck. We're going to get Just so much hate for this. Pressing the button to eject out there fast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe We're going to get so much hatred for this, you know that, right? Um, yeah, because, you know, all of my friends are Coldplay fans, I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> we better hope it's only our friends who ever listen to us. <laughs> Thankfully, it probably will be because this, <laughs> this is us. <laughs> well, you, you know what, you know what the, you know what the adverse is? We could just deliberately target Coldplay fans and like they would, they might, they might hate binge our podcast. Um, just drop it into some Facebook fan clubs and <laughs> Oh, like, oh yeah, we did we did a podcast on Coldplay's first album. You should listen to it. Like it sort of reminds me of my days writing for Hit the Floor when we used to just take it in turns to slag off One Direction. Um, <laughs> partly because One Direction are god awful, and two because we always knew we'd get a reaction from the fans. Uh, just to be clear, we're not. But this isn't a case of doing that. We generally don't like this album. We're not doing it to trigger people. If we don't no. like an album, we're going to yeah. say we don't like an album. But we if you're a Coldplay fan and you get triggered, I'm just going to laugh. So you have got that on your side. 
if you want to hear Martin laugh, go for it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't give a yeah. monkey's about your hate. It, this, these are our opinions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? If you enjoy this album, more power to you. Yeah, yeah. Because you can obviously find strength in adversity. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> trying to be you know I didn't dislike the album it was just I'm just um, indifferent to a lot yeah, of it. yeah it, it, it just really I think it was a decent tribute album <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly Muse but <laughs> oh dear <laughs> what do you what do you mean by Muse Harry <laughs> because um, exactly that. meant to be like following the footsteps of Radiohead. Oh okay. god! I mean, if you want to talk about albums that lick the bumhole, that is OK Computer. Do you mean the chocolate Muse starfish? Is, yeah, the chocolate starfish. Um, then Muse's first album is definitely that album. <laughs> I mean, is that on the list, Martin? <laughs> I'd very much doubt it. <laughs> it is so um derivative um i mean i'd imagine muse must be on the list somewhere because they have got good albums yeah i hope so um, yeah they did get I'd imagine origin of symmetry maybe absolution and supermassive black hole uh, they're not on the list really it's not a single muse album on it so it's like no prog rock in the 2000s at all um uh, <laughs> no 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 mars Walter on here Oh, okay. Just not um, news. Oh, snub. That's I don't know really how unfortunate. Coldplay got here, but not them. Yeah, I mean, you know, news get left off and then this gets put on. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, you know. You have... know what, Martin? We should make our own thousand and one app. That sounds like you want to start recording. <laughs> <laughs> As if Wiley knows of a thousand and one albums. I could name three. <laughs> <laughs> Best ofs aren't allowed, though. Oh, shit. Um, I could name... I, you know what? I could name three because we've done three. All I have to do is remember the names. <laughs> but I don't um, think performing a new Thousand and One albums from the Thousand and One albums that we're listening to is freaking be worth it. Um, I'll tell you what. Shall we give Wiley a... F- a- Sip album to listen to? Have you got six? Yeah. Let's redeem this. How many albums five. have we covered now? This is the fifth, five. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is the fifth. So yeah, let's give Wiley a sip. Um I've got the NAM uh, I've got the NAM, what the hell? Um I've got the random numbers generator in front of me. Um as discussed last week, we are now using the newer edition of the Thousand One Albums to Hear Before You Die book. Um and as per usual, uh, we use a random number generator to give us a page number in order to find the album, um, which is why we end up covering stuff like Parachutes by Coldplay. We have no choice in the matter. Computers tell us everything. I don't think it's more interesting. If we just did albums that we'd like, it would be us gushing for two hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. Hate brings a lot of discussion. Yeah. I mean... Hate is one of the best emotions in the world. Yeah, if you say something's nice, it's it's hard to describe why. Yeah. Um, then we say, having struggled to explain why we 
dislike this particular Coldplay album, apart from saying over and over again, this album is really bland. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Move on. I tell you, I tell you what, guys, I just did a very quick research. Uh, and you know, we were talking about how there's no news in this. Yes. In the previous version that we were using, uh, Black Holes and Revelations was on it. Whoa. They removed that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, they well, bumped it. If we get Ooh. the same number, we can do a 50 50. Um, I've got the, I've got the two editions. <laughs> um, well, you want to see? I don't. I don't think so, it would have been bumps for something in particular. But I mean, it's hard to tell because I can't. You know, I don't know the full list of what stayed yeah. and what went. Um, Black Holes was uh, two thousand six. Yeah, uh, so right page, before this came out. Yeah, they've got it as page nine hundred and thirty-seven. But obviously, yeah. it doesn't extend as long along the line. Yeah. Um, so, in, in here, page 937 takes us like right up to like 2015 or something like that. Oh, okay. um, it would be, um, I don't know how to pronounce this, Chiverches? Was it just churches? But it's, it's, it's with a V oh, instead churches. of the U. Yeah, just churches. Yeah. Is it just pronounced churches? It's, it's just a stylistic yeah. thing. Uh, like yeah, nothing. but when we um, do it, you know I'm just going to call it Chiverches the entire time. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so that that only really bears any relevance if we somehow draw that out now out of <laughs> 951 potential numbers. When we cover Chiverches and we hate it, we're going to be like, ah, oh, could have been doing music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, let's hit the anyway, numbers generator. Yeah. Ooh, 120. Ooh, okay. it's going to be somewhat early then, isn't it? Yeah. 70s now? Mm. Okay. It might still be six. Um, I can't I'm going to have to, because there's two on this page, I'm okay. going to have to uh, do a generator between the numbers one and two. <laughs> it's number two, um, which gives us, oh, I'm happy. Happy with the number one. The weird thing, the weird thing about doing it I'd this way so. is that both of these albums on this page have less chance of being picked than <laughs> ones that cover a single page. <laughs> what was the choice between? It was a choice between uh, Jefferson Airplane, Surrealistic uh, okay. Hello, and something else by The Kinks. Okay, uh, we threw out The Kinks. Yes. Do you, so you said something else by the Kings? Is the that album the title is called of something the album? else by the Kings. Oh, yes, that's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you could tell the excitement that me and Harry have got there. It, it, we love this album. Yeah, it's quintessential British rock. Yeah, um, you know this is second to us to, for this that era of get, like the only thing that could have been better for that era was maybe. The Beatles or Led Zeppelin, like yeah. this one's a cool album to get for us. Yeah. yeah. What, what year is this? Nineteen sixty-six, uh, I believe. Okay. Um, I've already <laughs> closed the page. Um, Good one job. Yeah, one job, Martin. One job. Yeah. Uh, I've forgotten what page number it was. Hundred twenty-one. Hundred twenty. One hundred twenty. This is the one like Waterloo Sunset. It was 1967. Ooh, okay. Um, to my, uh, well, it uh, contains um, one of their best-known songs. And um, 
it, it's definitely um, a, a nice cohesive piece. It's not a concept album by any measure. It's just a collection of songs. Mm. Um, but it, it's, it's probably the most cohesive um, of the Kinks albums with the exception up, up to this point. Um, I think the next album following on was uh, Village Green Preservation, uh, which is when they started doing concept pieces. Mm. Uh, this is the Kinks at their best as just a pop band. Cool. Mm. Something, to, something for me to look forward to then. Yes. Um, I mean, if you give this album the same reaction to Coldplay, <laughs> we are going to have discussions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was so tempted to try and fake it throughout the entire next episode, but I, you know, you know, you know, I'll I think he's going to struggle. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Are devil's advocate? To be honest with you, um, I'm going to have to knowing, turn that off my video so you don't see me nodding my head <laughs> in the tracks. Knowing <laughs> what's turned Wiley on, so to speak. What? Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, words? The, the, the songs that Wiley's liked and the albums that Wiley's liked so far um i feel like this might be the best one for him thus far as well it's yeah. it's not full-blown rock but it has elements of that in there um but it also has the melodies that i know wiley does like when they do come up so uh yeah i think this will be quite a good album to turn wiley onto Nice. It's quite fun and definitely one that puts a smile on your face. Yeah. And um, I think that's as good a point as any. Next week to see that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Come back next week. We promised it would be better. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be something else. Give us another chance. And you know what? If you are a Coldplay fan, do you give us a chance? Like, give the Kinks a chance. You know, see if you like them. All we are saying this, is give Kinks a be, chance. This could be a learning experience for <laughs> you as well as for me, you know? Yeah. Um, as I say, at least you know we're not going to be as harsh on the Kinks. Well, yeah. that's not... You'd I mean, think. You never know. I mean, maybe I we've mean, forgotten about <laughs> I, I, I very much doubt me and Harry are going to put on the album for the, like <laughs> the first time in a year or six months and go, God, is that what was a... <laughs> what my views thinking? on this album have really changed in the last two months <laughs> uh, it's okay but it's no parachutes it's <laughs> all I hear is Coldplay Coldplay cover the kinks oh. <laughs> yes and they call it kink play <laughs> oh no <laughs> I was just thinking of change oh, the C no, to a no, K no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel that that is as good a point as any to say uh, thank you for listening. Uh, We will be covering uh, the kinks, uh, something else by the kinks next week. And uh, we hope to see you then. Um, I've been Martin McDonnell. I will be next week. Uh, Please direct all hate mail to someone else. Um, I'll move you on to the other two to say their goodbyes. Goodbye. Goodbye from me too. See you next week. It's going to get kinky. (laughs) 